Oh. July 28th, 7-28. The game was 28-7. You get the reference there. Happy July 28th, everyone. Just another opportunity to remind you of uh, what was, in my opinion, the greatest OU Texas game of all time. Thank you to Kennedy Brooks there. Is it? Or is that um, is that just uh, some recency bias? I mean, it was an amazing game. Absolutely amazing game. Um, I... I think it was it was the best I've ever seen, and not only the best OU Texas game. I think it was the best football game I've yeah. ever witnessed in person. Yeah, um, look, the O one game was great. Even the twenty twenty game was great. But man, I that game last year, at one point it was oh my god, we're about to get run out of the stadium. You know, this is going to be one of those epic 63-14 games, but the other way. We're going to get the wrong end of this one. So to go from that to thinking you're about to get run out of the stadium to winning the game with three seconds left when I guess seemingly you were kind of trying to just settle for a field goal, not necessarily score on that play. Just every – I mean, you know, the biggest play of the game potentially, you didn't even know what happened when Caleb Kelly stripped the ball. So – I, yeah, I forget OU Texas. It might be the best football game I've ever seen in person before. Actually, Storm it, the it field. is. It is. Yeah, um, a lot of people are are split between this OU Texas game and uh, the nineteen ninety seven Jinx Muskogee triple overtime game in uh, Ruffer Stadium right there in Muskogee. Hmm. Um, those two games, by most people's account. Two greatest football games ever played. Did uh, Muskogee pull the upset that night over Jinx? They did wow. not. Oh, okay. Came up just short. Were you at the game or something? Why are you playing that one? <laughs> I was at the game. Yeah. It was great. When, a lot of was, really good uh, players. No, Seth Latrell. Did yeah, he play he that game? Senior. He was yeah. Oh, he did? Oh, wow. I say 97. Was Maybe it was 96. Yeah, maybe it was 1996. One or the other, not sure. Um, he was he was uh, running back. Rocky Kalmus was at Jinx. Corey Collins was at Jinx. Well, everyone was yeah. at Jinx. Uh, they had an unbelievable team. No, it was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, Kennedy Brooks, awesome. Kennedy Brooks. It like whenever you look at the guys that are. That have moved on, no longer at OU, uh, for whatever reason, transfer, NFL, graduation, whatever it may be. I, he may be the one that, and I think we got some good guys in a good position to replace him. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, but the consistent production you had from that dude over three years was crazy, and I. That may be the guy that you end up looking back and be like, dude, that he yeah. is uh, he's he's sorely missed. There was nothing flashy or sexy about his running style. In fact, a lot of times you were, is he is he fast? I mean but he just always seemed to You had to look to... back at the stat sheet and be like, wait a second. Yeah. Kennedy Brooks ran for one fifty today. I know. That, it, there's no way that happened. That's crazy. And he'll and I'm not saying that this this is the way that it should be. 
But you know how we do when we talk about great OU running backs. There's a you know list of four to five names that we always bring up, and then some people might differ on the next five names. I don't feel like Kennedy Brooks is probably ever going to be one of the first ten names that we mention when we talk about greatest backs ever. But in terms of production, I mean, I think that he's going to be severely, severely underrated in the grand scheme of things. Well, yeah, you know, he he easily could have come back. I wish he would have come back. But he could have come back and had a really good chance at being the all-time leading rusher at the University of Oklahoma, which is, that's saying something with some of the players that have been here. Um, over a 1,000 yards every year. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, crazy impressive what he did. Yeah, no, it was. Hey, um, speaking of 728 day, what was the biggest play of that game last year? Was it Carl's Jr.'s run early in the game for a touchdown? Uh, either of Mims catches? Caleb Kelly's strip? Kennedy Brooks' run? I'm, I'm pretty partial to the Caleb Kelly strip on the, on the kickoff for biggest play. That was huge, but I, I think the Caleb Williams run, because that was a fourth down play, wasn't it? Kennedy Brooks run? No, 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 Caleb Williams Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 it was a fourth and short, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it was fourth down, and they had him stuffed in the backfield, and he, like, spun out of, of a tackle that would have been a turnover, and at that point, it was 28-7. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't do that, make that play right there, I don't know that we ever get the momentum that we need to uh, to come back and win that game. You know, if you turn it over there and they go down, score a touchdown, and you're talking about thirty-five-seven, I mean, yeah, it still would have been possible with the amount of time left. But you know, morale would have just. It was already down at 28-7. It would have cratered at that point. Sorry, you threw me off saying uh, Caleb Williams. I only uh, hear him referenced as Carl's Jr. these days. <laughs> yeah, so, wait, you're saying the biggest play that day is from a guy that left for USC? I feel like that's illegal. I don't I don't think that that's a valid answer here. I think you got to go what with do something you mean? else. I, I think you have to pick someone else. No, it's, it's legitimate. It's legitimate. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. You know how I feel about the season that he had you know how i feel about a a bunch of things but i have to credit that play at that time 28 7 if you don't convert that fourth down and he did more than convert it who knows what it looks like like you may have ended up getting blown out Hmm. all right um interesting just let it be known that teddy is picking a caleb williams play as the greatest game that we've ever seen Jot that down. Text line, react uh, however you want to react. 405 no, it's not the greatest. It's not the greatest play I've ever seen. It's, frankly, you know, we got our tail absolutely whipped on the line of scrimmage on that play. He should have been tackled by two different guys in the backfield for a turnover on downs. But he snuck his way out of it. Poor uh, discipline by Texas, and he scored a touchdown. Flipped the whole game on its head. What a joke, says the text line. Jinx versus Muskogee. That was Jinx Legion of Doom defense in the best ever, and I'm a Union lifer. But Union versus Jinx at Skelly Stadium with 40,000 people and Kiwan Jones scores the game-winning touchdown is the greatest high school game in state history. 
Yeah, like the final minute and a half of that game was just stupid. Yeah. That, I feel like that is pretty widely accepted as the greatest Oklahoma high school football game in state history, that Union Jinx game. What, that, was that 2000 or 2001? I can't remember which year. Um, Whenever Key, that, like, that was Key One yeah. senior year, I think. So whatever. probably would have been oh one. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh one, yeah, that game. I, I do remember that game. I think we talked about that recently, didn't we? I, I think we did. I think it gets brought up in conversation from time to time. Yeah, uh, pretty crazy. And I won't. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from that game. And it was 2000, uh, by the way, that jinx. 2000. Yeah. To the uh, to the texter, the jinx Muskogee game, in comparison to the OU Texas game, was clearly a joke. Was there forty? So, was there forty thousand people at Ruffer Stadium that night, at least? Uh, well, if it was a sellout, and I think it it holds somewhere around two thousand people, but standing room only. Most estimates have it somewhere around 115, 117,000 people. God, text line, you guys are. Teddy's right. Carl's Jr. did himself a good job. Teddy's right. If Caleb doesn't make that fourth down play, the rest of the game doesn't happen. Just why don't you just bow down yeah. to the guy? Jeez. Yeah, You're well, agreeing with him because it's Teddy. If anyone else says it, you'd be clowning him right now. What do you mean? It's true. No. It's just a. It's just a statement of fact, and you know, I, hey, there's nothing wrong with going ahead and calling it how it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. Say something. If, if, if you say or when you say something dumb later on in the show, I'm sure the text line will agree with that as well. Well, oh, Teddy's right. Yeah, Choco Tacos do suck. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's great. That's great. Well, I hate to admit it. Well, no, I don't. It's fine admitting it. It's hey, not the, fine. the play of the game against Kansas, where we uh, got lucky to win the game, was the stupid strip from Kennedy Brooks by Caleb Williams. I mean, that's the play of the game. It saved the game. We lose if that doesn't happen. I still think it was a ridiculous situation how it all unfolded, but it's still the play of the game. Is anyone going to be a little nervous going into the Kansas game this year? <laughs> anyone just, you know, has last year's game affected us so much that you're going to be walking the Kansas game saying, please just blow them out this time around? I, no, none, none of this crap again with KU. I'll give you another one. Well, no, no, that was maybe that wasn't the play of the game. But – you could make an argument that the run by Caleb Williams against Iowa State to win that game, you could make an argument that that was also the the play of the game. Yeah, because he didn't because, make any other plays. That's why. Yeah, we didn't hardly do anything else at all on offense the entire day. Yeah. And that that play, that single play right there made you feel like, we're still in this thing. We're, you know, we're doing just fine. But offensively, it was horrible. That play should have been shut down. And Jalen Redmond's play uh, right before halftime is how we uh, led at halftime, fourteen to seven. But outside of those two things, we accomplished jack squat. Easy to have the play of the game when you only make one all day long. So yes, 
That's right. I agree with Teddy. Hard to argue with the man who never lost to Texas as a player. God, you guys you are go. simps today. Jeez. There you go. Nicely God. stated on the uh, text line. Suck-ups. Jeez. That's hey, just Tyler, unbelievable. Think for yourself, For the guys. record, before we hit a opening timeout, what was your record against Texas? Um, I mean, I defeated some Texas fans <laughs> in drinking beers before the game. I'm somewhere around 2-0, and I think. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's hit an opening timeout. Keep the text line coming, especially if you're going to be text in agreement with what I'm saying. Uh, we welcome all, right. all of those. I'll shut down Quick the text break. line. That's going to happen. <laughs> Here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Thirty-nine. It is the rush live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Uh, text line says Skelly seats thirty thousand. By the way, but you know maybe there were uh, ten thousand standing around or so. I don't know. Um, let's see. I agree with everything Teddy said. What did he say? That's from Dodger Blaine. <laughs> uh, oh man, that's great. Why doesn't Amazing. Teddy just say out loud that he signed an NIL deal with Carl's junior and senior? Hey, easy. I'm just calling it how it is. That's it. Screw Carl's junior, except for their breakfast and also the Western bacon burger. <laughs> uh, it has uh, no impact on... How I felt about the whole situation has no impact on how I feel about OU at quarterback this season. Has no impact on what I feel the trajectory for Caleb Williams is at the University of Southern Cal. Just, it is what it is. Sometimes you just have to say what you see and... That was the play of the game. Please make layman simp shirts. <laughs> Everyone's got a t-shirt idea since I asked for them on Locked In three or two days ago. And I love it. Uh, nice. Thank you. Um, let's see. Question for Teddy. Does he remember playing Jay in high school? I believe yeah. he might have played my uncle. Yeah, I do. I had a touchdown against Jay High School off of uh, – off of a punt, so I, I it was a it was a punt return, and I was the one pressuring the punter. This is I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn here, Tyler. On oh, that a, never happens. Okay, this is an effort play. Um, I'm pressuring the punt. Don't get there, punter punts it. I turn and sprint back downfield. We don't get a return. So the ball's rolling around, and one of the J players just touches the ball and, like, spins it to to down it dead. And, you know, once that happens, the ball's still live. You can try and advance it at no risk. So I, like, ran into the middle of, like, five J players and grabbed the ball and took off running and scored a touchdown. Wow. Pretty like, cool. Heads up play. It was the play of the game, uh, just like Caleb Williams, uh, <laughs> OU Texas. Against, against Jay High School. All right, game ball goes to surprise, surprise, <laughs> Ted Lehman. 
they say that after the game? Uh, don't know. Not sure. Not sure. But, yes, I remember playing Jay, of course. Nice. Yeah, way to toot your own horn. It never happens on here, so I'm glad you I got know. an opportunity. Hey, would you like uh, Jimbo to try to sell you on Texas A&M? Boy, um, he's got a lot of pitches. Yeah, let's hear it. lot of money but we've sucked now for a hundred years to be the first one to do it how's that sound well it sounds exactly like a salesman you know jimbo fisher has some alex jones in him (laughs) that's the most accurate statement of all time what i mean by that is he goes so fast from one point to the next you don't have a chance to even process the first statement before he's on to the third and fourth statement. There is a bunch of things that he said in there that like, you can't just gloss over as true. Like, does Texas A&M, is it really one of the best academic institutions in the country? Man, not top 20. I mean, Come on now. I'm not saying that it's bad, but is that really true? Maybe top I mean, 20 in Texas. Uh, <laughs> nationally. You know that, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He said that. He said, um, I, I can't even keep up with him anymore. Whenever you played it, he, I was he like. He said there's 109,000 people that show up every football game. And I just looked. They played Alabama in 2019. So this is pre-COVID. Alabama is going to be the you know biggest home draw that they have. That was only 106,000. So... You don't get 109,000 in there right. every single Saturday. It, just because you have a certain capacity doesn't mean you get to claim that for every single game. Go back and play that again, and let, let's chop it up as he makes these claims all the way through it. Okay, here's uh, Jimbo Fisher talking about his uh, recruiting pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we replayed that. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Can I play one more? Sorry, I just just want to play one more. Hmm. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah, it's just a bunch of statements all thrown together really fast, and whoever he's talking to is like buying it hook, line, and sinker. Oh wow, whoa, really? Oh man, dang. That's it's weird. Just a bunch of, just a bunch of, of things boxed together, said really fast, to where you don't have a chance to unpack any of them, and you just have to take them at face value because he's, if you don't, he's already ten statements deep, and you're lost in the conversation. Uh, early leader in the clubhouse for text of the day. Oh my gosh, this is so savage, so true, and so just to the point. To be immortalized at A and M. You have to be a dog, and you have to be dead. Talking about Reveille, their mascots. Whoa, wow. Truth uh, hurts. Dang. Well, and the other thing is, like, you, you, can't, you can't just across the board 
it's not true, the statement about being the first to do it. Maybe it's true about being the only to do it, but not the first. I mean, take Oklahoma, for example. We talk about players from all eras, not just the guys that were the first to win a championship. Right. <laughs> Those are the guys you know? that get immortalized out there. You don't see a statue of Nick Saban up there at Alabama. You don't see Bob Stoops up there at the statue at Oklahoma. Hell, you don't see a sweaty Gary Patterson statue up there at TCU. Be the first one here at A&M, then you'll get immortalized. Right. It's just not true. You know, great players – it really doesn't matter. I mean, Manziel at a and I mean, they've had some great players through there. It's Now, with all that they've poured into it, the guys that are the first to do it are, are definitely, it's going to be a massive celebration there. But guess what? It's going to last like a couple of weeks, and then it's all going to be about doing it again. You know, that's how it works. At least at big-time universities, that's how it works. But it's a perfect sales pitch for someone that hasn't won a championship in I know it, 70 years. It really is. Jimbo is one 80 years, I guess. And A&M is a used car, so essentially he's a used car salesman, right? Yeah. The other thing he throws in there is what the biggest alumni association in the country. Like, that has, uh, uh, there's some good things about that. But that really has nothing to do with the football team. I thought the same thing. Like the first five things he mentioned were, oh, okay, uh, you're not really talking anything about football yet. And Texas A&M is not the only place in the country that is building new facilities. I mean, Oklahoma is building all kinds of new facilities right now. I mean, a bunch of people are. Texas A&M isn't the only person doing that. Huh, we're building a $130 million new facility. There ain't no one else doing that. Sure there is. Uh, they're doing it all over the country at all programs, nonstop. Uh, text line points out one quote. Our coaches put as many players in the NFL as we can. <laughs> yeah, who does? That's that was unique. another one that I was that's thinking about. A&M. That's so yeah. great. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch of coaching amazing. staffs out there that are not putting guys in the NFL. They don't you know, they just don't want to do it. They're trying not to. Honestly, I just you know, the day Tom Herman got fired, I was really upset just because of show content. God, we got so much mileage out of making fun of Tom Herman on the show. It was so easy to do. And then they hired Sark and I mean five and seven's easy to make fun of and losing to Kansas and blowing a twenty eight seven lead. That's giving us content, but he himself isn't the tool bag that Tom Herman was. Dude Jimbo, I can't wait to get to the SEC. Jimbo is going to be our daily punching bag on this show. Oh. And and the guy, they're hosting a pool party this weekend. How weird do you think Jimbo is going to be at the recruiting pool party? Hey, guys, I don't want to see no baby roost floating around the pool out here, all right? I'm just telling you right now, we had it last week. I don't want to see any baby roost floating around here at the pool. I have to drain it, all right? Uh, Texas A&M got the wettest water in the SEC. <laughs> Seriously. You <laughs> would say that. <laughs> we put oh, as much water God. in the pool as we can. Now I'm going to be over here at the, uh, the uh, suntan pool over here at the shallow mm-hmm. end. You guys let me know if you need anything, all right? <laughs> think he'll be out there in his A&M boots? Uh, A&M you boots and uh, swim shorts that are a little bit too small on old Jimbo. Yeah. 
I, I will say, though, the pool party idea is a pretty good one. Yeah, I have trouble giving them credit for anything. It is a cool well, idea. I just think that they'll make it dorky. That's my thing. The, the pool party idea is a good idea if you, air quotes, staff it correctly, um, if you know what I mean. A&M, if you want to make this work and not be gimmicky like everything else, call the University of Arizona. Call Rob Gronkowski. He'll, uh, he'll tell you how to do the pool party. <laughs> it's not very hard. I think everyone knows how to do a proper <laughs> pool party. Okay? Yeah, okay. I know, but I feel like A&M's going to end up bringing, like, their yell leaders, and they're going to be doing, like, the yell chants while the kids are in the pool. And they're just – A&M's the awkward guy that just doesn't know how to be cool, and everything they do is weird and creepy. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to bring their male cheerleaders out there to lead them in chants. You're telling me everyone at the pool party is going to be in their full uh, military uniform? In the well, the yell leaders have those weird white suits. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's so. I heard you guys a little bit on Locked In. That's a first. There's going to be USC commits at the pool party. Allegedly, yeah, and not just USC commits. Uh, maybe like two of their best recruits like in the USC commits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my huh. gosh, that is going to well, be a. Um, if that happens, that is going to be a major story next week. Major story. Wow. Well, there's been. Is it just that visit that has had people thinking that that one kid may decommit? I uh, I don't think so because felt like there's been rumors about that for a couple weeks now, but... Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All good. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Very, very interesting. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today, I-44 exit 107. Hanging out here in front of the Front Row Sports Bar. They've got happy hour every day from 3 to 6 they got 350 domestics and $5 wells. Always got great promotions as well throughout the casino. Come see us here at Newcastle. Killing right now, 405-651-3439. Uh, there's a lot of Jimbo hate on here, as you can imagine. I wish I had a dollar for every word Jimbo says. The lottery would have nothing on me. This one says, I bet Jimbo wears jorts to the pool party. <laughs> Probably so. Some cutoffs. Yeah. Um, is this an accurate statement? Some of your old teammates strike me as guys that would have worn jorts to the pool party slash lake during the summer. Like who? Wes Sims. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Like some homemade jorts, too. Not like he bought some actual jorts at Old Navy, like some old farming jeans or something, and you just cut them at the kneecap, and that was his swimming shorts. Probably. Probably so. I think that's maybe a fair statement. There's a couple of guys, and there's nothing wrong with that. You sure? Uh, well, yeah, there is, but, <laughs> yeah. hey. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> A&M is a cult. Look it up. Channing, it's an old version of CrossFit. Colts, they're a big-ass cult. 
when do they get the Jim Jones Kool-Aid? Yeah. That's it's true, but it's not necessarily fair. I think pretty much every fan base is a cult. And if your fan base isn't a cult, it's kind of a problem. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how are OU fans in a cult? In what way? Well, there's just um, I, it, everyone is fully invested in something. Everyone defends it, especially when challenged by the outside. If anyone's going to say anything bad about it, it's going to be us and us only. No one else has any reason to. I mean, it's just that's just kind of how that's what fandom is, you know. Wow. Okay. Didn't know I was tuning in for some Lake Jort hate. Yeah, that was pretty strong. Apologies. Yeah. You guys remember yeah. when Jimbo was on Infowars talking about the U.S. government using chemicals that turn frogs gay? <laughs> no. Yeah. So, some of you out there might be saying to yourself, how do they have or why do they have so many Alex Jones clips? And honestly, that's a really good question because I have about six to seven in my audio library folder here. I was looking for something. I knew we were going to bring him up for something one day on the show, so I just was going to pull one. Every, uh, every one of those <laughs> clips are from one episode that I watched or listened to on YouTube to get audio <laughs> clips. I swear. I'm not kidding. I swear. One episode. He just oh, kept man, saying things true. like that, and it was, well, I got to use that. I, he's talking about alien vampires taking the powers from the kids. I got to use that one, of course. That's why and that's what so I'm talking many. about with Jimbo. It, that, that's, it's the same thing as, as Alec Jones. You don't even have a chance to process – and think about the hidden obelisk, uh, you know, sending signals from the moon to Egypt before he's already on to the vampires taking the energy from kids. It's it's like happens so fast, one after another. You can't even you can't even process it. That's what Jimbo just did in his sales pitch to Texas A and M. It's incredible. What uh, another listener makes a really good point is he says, you know, you come here, be the first one to do it. You know, never been done here. That, that's the people that get immortalized around here, first ones to do it. And the text line is saying, well, what if by chance he actually wins something? Then don't come to A&M anymore because you wouldn't be the first one to do it? What's your pitch well, then? Well, there's that, and there's also, isn't he just uh, deucing all over the guys that won the 39 championship? I, that's what I said earlier. No respect whatsoever. I mean, jeez. Right. Have those guys all been immortalized there at Texas A&M 39 group? I think it still says on the stadium, 1939 national champs, which if that was my last championship, no disrespect to that team, but I think I feel like I would take it down. It just causes yeah. more attention that you haven't won a championship in over 80 years. <laughs> I know. But that's just me. I agree. Uh, All right. Oh, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, we we got several here. Um, Teddy wears jorts. LOL. Tyler doesn't like homemade jorts because he's from Edmond. Hmm. Little too high class, huh? Um, yeah. 
I, you know, and I, I don't want to come off as jorts are too high class, but I don't think in this stage of my life I would be pulling those off. Though there was a time in my life, and you'll remember this, five years ago where I wore a um, cut off like a sleeveless Reba McIntyre t-shirt to Lake Tenkiller for one weekend <laughs> with a beer dispensing helmet. Oh, that's great. That is fantastic. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You grew up real fast. I know. Real fast. It sucks. Hey, um, te- you know, what a tease by the text line yesterday. Everyone's saying how it was raining and they could see rain. Well, I drove home yesterday. Nothing? And nothing whatsoever. I drove from OKC to, uh, to Norman today and saw raindrops for the first time since you left for Disney World. I didn't think I'd ever yeah. see it again. No, I know. I saw some uh, this morning. It sprinkled at the house for about two and a half minutes. It was pure glory, pure glory, but that's it. Hopefully we get some over uh, the next day. I, uh, I would not be surprised if you had a rain gauge at your house. I could see that being a possibility. I don't. I want one. My dad asked me how much rain we got nonstop, and I have I never have any idea. And he's like, well, we should buy you a rain gauge. <laughs> Hold on, Dad. Let me uh, get on my Weather Channel app here while I'm on the phone with you, and I'll tell you. You got to right. get a rain gauge. Remember, it would be um, from like a seed or feed place back in the day. Surely your parents or grandparents, that's what their rain gauge looked like. It was yeah, from the feed got- store in town. And it's got some weird, uh, like, birds or butterflies drawn on it or something, or or it's made to look like a sunflower, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one. Keep the text line going 651 3439. Cavis Construction, bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Thursday. We tell you all the time because it's true, Cavis can do it all. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, facility maintenance, and a whole lot more. Seems like every single major project in town, uh, Cavins is on the job because everyone around here trusts Cavins to do a phenomenal job. So give them a call, 405-573-3048, CavinsConstruction.com, or Tulsa, they're here to serve you as well. 918-282-7612. you got an issue going on at home or commercially, CavinsConstruction.com. You can check out all of the uh, services that they provide. Air Coverage Solutions text line, Teddy, in your opinion, did you get more out of film study, scouting reports, or practice against the scout team? Uh, uh, that's kind of hard because they all three have to work together. The scouting report generally is a breakdown of uh, personnel groupings, formations down in distances, and what you see out of those, plus some personnel stuff. Uh, And then the film study is 
to take what you got from the scouting report and not just have the the number breakdown, but see what those plays actually look like, see what the tendencies actually are, and here's the play, and here's how you actually defend it. Like, here's the, the things that you do. Here's the, the calls we're going to be in in these situations. And then the scout team is where you have to go out there and – you know, train it, train the muscle memory on how to defend these certain plays, how to communicate it between one another, how to make the checks uh, from one call to the next whenever you get motions or shifts or alignments. So I can't really, I can't really say, I, one, I got more out of the other because, I mean, you have to really you have to have all three. If you just have a scouting report and you just watch film, but you never go out there and actually practice the the physical, uh, like the, what it takes to actually make those plays, then you're going to be massively lacking. But if you just go out there and run through the plays, and don't ever have like the the information to process and file it away of when to expect certain plays over others, well, that's not a, a complete way to do it either. So. You honestly have to have all three. I don't know. I mean, I guess going out there and actually going through the motions and and making the plays and learning the muscle memory is the one that's ultimately the most important because that's what you have to do on game day is go do it. But really, if you want to be prepared for a game, you have to have all three of those. Uh, Mike Hawkins' son, Michael Hawkins, got that offer last night. 2024 uh, four-star quarterback. Mike Hawkins played at OU in 2002. I asked you about him yesterday. Did you say that you – did you say if you remembered very much about him? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember uh, a whole bunch, but I definitely remember him. He had a pick six um, in the uh, UTEP game in 02, 45-yard pick six. Didn't know that. Looking at oh, his nice. Wikipedia page. Yeah. Uh, I remember he was, he was a corner. He was – Extremely athletic and extremely aggressive and extremely confident. And, you know, you can tell just by his timeline and and how he did things, he was uh, very driven to get to the next level and wanted to be there super fast. So, you know, I I know that he was an – I'm trying to remember. I feel like he was a super high recruit. Um, I don't remember exactly what he was as a recruit, but yeah, he yeah. played at OU at 02, played for the Dallas Desperados for 04 to 05, then the Packers in 05, the Browns in 06, Vikings 06, and then he was Cowboys 09, Buccaneers 09, Raiders 09. So he yeah. found his way around the league at least for, for a bit. Yeah, he did. Um Fifth-round pick in the 05 draft, yeah. Yeah, so, hey, and no surprise here, his kid is super athletic as well. Yeah, not not a surprise. Definitely going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 class. So, this staff, a little bit different than the previous. They want to go out and get a big fish at quarterback every single class. You know, Muleshoe was doing five-star quarterback, you know, we'll take a quarterback the next class, but, you know, not really going after or getting a five-star guy. It seems like once, like every two years, they get a big-time guy. Levy's just saying, I'll, I'll just go get one every class. That's fine with me. Well, I don't blame him, especially with the 
the transfer situation going on, uh, if you just go every other, uh, you could find yourself in a quarterback problem really quick if your starter transfers out and you haven't taken another guy or you just have a true freshman with no experience. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand taking one every every recruiting class for sure. All right, quick timeout, hour number two of The Rush coming up next.